gentlemen. Sorry. You know what time it is. Yes. It's time for another Shooting USA podcast and video cast. And my esteemed colleague is back in the building. What? The one and only nah, nah, nah. Tony Pignato is here. Not video cast, not Skyped. He's here. Yeah. The man is here. That's right. Welcome, Tony. Nice Thank to see you. Thank you. Always good seeing you, my friend. Big things happening at Staccato, I know. Wow. Lots of big things happening. Um, so we bought, you know this, they may not know this, but we bought a bunch of property, we being the company. Yes. Bought a bunch of property out in Florence, which is about uh, probably 15 minutes away from our existing factory. Okay. What people may not know is that the, the buildings that we're in right now, uh, we lease from the Skinner family. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, the Dave's original. The original, original, yeah, original so the Sky people, yeah. Yeah, so we, uh, but we are at maximum capacity yeah, in no the facility. Now, part of the things that we've done from a growth perspective is in order to get to, well, let me, let me just talk about the whole thing. So in order to get from the witchcraft and folklore that was was part of the way we built guns in the past sure. to get to precision manufacturing. Uh, we want to keep the human element, but we want to remove the human variable. Right. So in order to do that, we have to create repeatable processes, meaning that if you and I are both gunsmiths, we're going to do things slightly different. Mm -hmm. um, you may be right-handed. I may be left-handed. You may be stronger than me. I may have drank last night. I mean, these are all factors that come involved with the whole one gunsmith, one gun thing. These are factors that have to be involved. Sure. So, and then you factor in machinery. So the machinery from 2018, you know, the machinery was not, it was, it was good machinery, but you start getting five access machines, incredible, great Haas machines uh, that when you start talking about tolerances from precision manufacturing and, and your engineer smart people know this, so it's numbers past the decimal point. These are your mm -hmm. tolerances. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're, most of your handgun manufacturers are two, possibly three numbers past there. Right. Uh, we're three pushing four uh, with tolerances. We we build everything to our slide. Our slide is incredibly uh, incredibly tight tolerances on our slide. Slide frame barrels all fit to the slide. We do all that in our machine shop. Okay. So before that gun moves over to the actual uh, fitment plant, it's where we're doing the fire control group, the grip safeties, all that stuff. You're talking about slide frame barrel Lincoln times done. Yeah. In the machine shop. Now, there's still a human element. There's still deburring. There's still hand fitting. Uh, but we're doing a match barrel fit in three minutes. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And um, to go to go back, if, if a pundit wants to critique that, like, oh, it's a mass-produced 2011. It's not going to have the same quality. It's like, well, from a performance perspective, we've passed you know, the tolerances and, and durability and performance tests from 425 different police departments. Sure. To include FBI HRT, you know, LAPD SWAT, Riverside SWAT, Long Beach SWAT, Texas Rangers SOG. Yeah, now that's cool. Yeah, way cool. I didn't even know they had a special operations. Like, you have special Texas Rangers. Right. They wear a black mask. It's really cool. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, the, uh, Well, I think it's worth unpacking the fact that there is a retail price set for what is considered, in your case, a mass-produced 2011. Sure. How does that retail price stack up against a one-off custom 2011 built by an individual who puts his name on that specific gun one at a time. I believe that you're coming in well below when it comes to a retail price. So there is a bit of a you get what you pay for element here. However, there's also the fact that when you're doing as many as Staccato is doing, you're 
evolving the processes and you're fine-tuning machining processes to a level that is approaching the hand-fitted one-of-a-kind gun. 100%. Great, great word, evolving. Um, a great use of it, and, and especially in this application. So I, you've uh, we've been doing this together for a minute. So, you know, we, we're we both big fans of guns. Give take. Yeah. I, uh, if it's, here's the thing about it. If that gun is two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000, they're all good guns. That's right. Uh, or else they would have sold one. That's right. Um, I'm a big fan of guns in general. Uh, sure. I've shot hundreds of thousands of rounds out of Glocks, SIGs, you know, all kinds of guns. Uh, when you start talking about a hand-fit custom gun, it's time. Uh, I mean, that that person is, it's a craft. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when you're talking about a craftsman, like a master craftsman, um, it's 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 time. And there's a lot of time involved with that. There's a lot of, not to say that they're not using precision manufacturing in some capacity, uh, but it's a lot of time that they're putting into actually hand building that gun, sure. which reflects in capacity from an output standpoint. That's right. I mean, we're building now, um, you know, in 2018, we were building 40 guns a day. You know, we're building 120 guns a day. Wow. I mean, and part of the things that we've done in, in that space is, and I go back to thinking about some of the friends I have who who are great, amazing custom gun builders, is they're buying a slide from this guy, the frame from this guy, a grip from here. They're doing a barrel from here. They got some new barrel links from a third party. So all of this, you become basically a parts fitter. Right. You know, everything's slightly oversized. Well, we don't have to... We, we try to manufacture as much as we can in-house. And when we move to our new plant, obviously, we're going to be 95% in-house manufacturing of all of our parts. Sure. But if we do outsource a part, that part's got to be uh, specific in its design. So it may have slight you know, oversize so that we can have that precision fit. Sure. But it's not, I'm not taking 20, you know, I'm not taking this many thousands of thousands off a barrel to contour it, to make it do this or a link or, I mean, that's the reason we do our own extractors. That's the reason we do our own, um, sears mm-hmm. and hammers is because we can create that uniformity across and that's how the process gets faster i don't we don't have to spend as much time being a parts fitter right uh ideally it would be great to make a precision uh a precision uh, you know a, a, that level to where it's basically it goes together i mean literally where you've got you know talk to dave dawson who's been doing this for a long time you know dave's one of the original plank holders at then sti right and a great friend of our company now and we we reach out to, i mean he's literally if you have never spent time talking to dave dawson dave dawson is literally john nash beautiful mind smart wow like that dude is inc- like you go in his shop and it looks like the most amazing dental office you've ever been in your life. And he's got he's got like six or eight Haas machines that's just his research and development plant. Wow. And the dude's incredibly smart and he's got an amazing system the way he runs things and he's in, he's got so many different parts and pieces in his mind that and there's I can't go into detail, but there's representations of Dave Dawson's designs in a lot of the guns on the market. Yeah, sure. Uh, his his optic system, front sights, you know, other you know adaptations he's done along the way. But so when you talk to Dave, and Dave's like, I believe now with technology present, with probes and design and tolerances of machines and tool uh, tool materials and improvements in that technology, that you can be 90% off a machine. So that's the next question is, is what's the attainable goal? How far Mm. can we go with the technology, with the continued development at the rate that you all need to produce? How far can we go? I, 
again, I, I would I would like to see, we always want to have that human element, like I talked about initially. We always want to have that human element involved because one of the things about it, even all through all these different probes, there's something for that master gunsmith right. to be able to run through a final check and see see something, feel. Mm-hmm. It's hard to feel. A probe is great, but it's hard to feel something or right. feel something going through the cyclic uh, process of actually shooting the firearm or looking at how this is slightly off of that or, and making that on-the-spot adjustment. So I think we're always going to have that human element. Right. Um, uh, the same as you have master engineers that are building, you know, for our previous conversation, are building Mercedes motors. You know That's what right. I mean? Yeesh. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, the so, new ones are good. The new ones are good. Yeah, the, the vans are great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm excited about the fact that this company is seeing beyond owning brick and mortar to continue producing and expanding the space. And let's, as much as we can, talk about the goals and the vision for this entire complex that they're looking to establish. Right on. So... Um, as you know, what has evolved into me being full blown into an experience uh, position, which is great, and that's that's truly it. Is is we've gone away from uh, features and benefits mm-hmm. of our products to the experience of our right. products. Um, if you think about the uh, the message of shoot better, well, that's an experience. Sure, you know that's not a fit, that's not sure. There it is a it is a benefit. It is a feature. There's an inherent you know engineering and process that goes into our guns that make them shoot really really well. But to experience shooting better, one hundred percent is uh, is something that has evolved to the point that you know we were looking for a new place to go uh, because we needed to grow as a manufacturer. Um, we needed to have a bigger space, so we we bought some property in Florence, which is about about 15 minutes away from where we're at. We're actually right down the street from Dawson Precision. Okay, convenient. Yeah, very convenient. Uh, and it's it's an unbelievable piece of property, and we back up right to the Department of Public Safety. Like our our facilities here, the back of our facility is here, and DPS we corner we corner like this, like literally, and. You know, when I brought the first group of uh, group of guys and gals out there to look at it, I used the Lion King thing. I'm like, everywhere the sun touches is your kingdom. <laughs> like, it's literally an amazing piece of property. Uh, and you're talking about just about, I think it's, we've got some adjacent properties. You're talking about at least 800 acres. That's it, yeah. Um, okay. So uh, 40 of those acres is the staccato manufacturing plant. Okay. Uh, which is going to have also test fire band there, but that's the entire manufacturing plan. And then the rest of it is just going to be experience-based. Excellent. Um, that's, that's the in a nutshell. What those experiences are is, uh, is the world is our oyster. Um, we have, we want to, we, again, as you know, that when I came to the company, one of the biggest things we had to overcome was we were exclusive. We wanted to be inclusive. Sure. Uh, I think one of the things that, uh, that makes and and to 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 look at the rise of steel challenges steel challenges inclusive you yeah. know i mean if you think about steel challenges you don't have to be in Shane Coley's shape you don't have to be as fast as Casey Cebio you don't have to be as uh, technical and strategic as Max Michelle i mean you do but i mean but you could entry level guy a gal can go into sure. standing's one you know standing spot change slight movement i mean uh, that inclusivity and that I think that's also for everybody else. I think it's one of the things that's been so great about our products is we went from exclusively uh, a competition pistol to an to an inclusive usage of a gun to make you better in whatever situation you're in, yeah. which is why we've had because the gun's easier to shoot, less recoil, uh, less disruptive energy. You 
when everything else is hard, which is popular of the tactical games, which I'm sure we're going to talk about well, today. That's, yeah, that's on, that's on deck. But I like the idea of the experience sells the product. And I had that experience with you putting on an, a staccato 2011 experience here in Nashville some months ago at mm-hmm. Royal Range. And we had a number of different individuals cycle through, shoot free ammunition out of some of the finest handguns. And in one case, one individual who had no experience at all of any kind shooting any handgun ever, his first shots out of a staccato and I mean, the, the guy went on and on for a half an hour about how great it was not only to experience a fine piece of engineering advancement in the form of that pistol, but also to have had the experience and had the instruction that we gave him as a brand new shooter. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that guy has, if not ordered, already received his staccato after that day and that experience. And I know that's just one little slice of what you've been doing across the country. Now to have the ability to put that somewhere close to home, close to manufacturing, where it might be the general public, it might be the next law enforcement agency or next group that's going to buy a series, they can all come and have a curated version of what we did that day at Royal mm-hmm. Range. I think that has to be exciting as the experience officer. Oh, it's incredibly exciting. You know, it. Uh, when uh, one of the things that I've learned after spending numerous hours in, in professional development with the engineers and other people trying to understand, because I want to know, I'm the why guy. Like, I want to know why. Why? Because when I'm standing in front of customers, I want to be able to explain why. And when you sit down and you start to look at, okay, so, okay, yeah, 2011, got it, okay, it's got a match barrel, got it, it's got a 1911-style trigger, got it. So, but what is it? I've had, remember the, and I call it the uh, the general population or the uh, um, the that group of the, the, the secular market, for lack of sure, a better reference, sure. if you consider, you know, the, the, the competitive shooter and the elitist is, is that religious zealot, and this is the secular, the non-religious, you know, okay. uh, the secular market. Uh, they walk off the range and the statement is, you know, hey, man, I don't suck my guns do, but why is that? Right. Um, and you go into the details, and I said, hey, man, listen, I, there's two ways I can do this. I can give you all the rocket science about how this does this, or and I'll, you go in the range, shoot the gun, and come back out, and I'll explain why you have that stupid look on your face with that smile and why you did so much better. And it really, if you think about this, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know or, or the, the viewers don't know or, or people who follow Shooting USA, is hitting a target efficiently and effectively with a handgun is you line up the sights, and this has got nothing to do with grip, Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with crip pressure and line up the sights, squeeze the trigger without disrupting the sight pitch. There you go. Yeah. That's it. I literally say that in front of people. I go, hey, you never have to take another class again. There you go. Because I've watched the, the secular market get out there and they're all jacked up. Patow and a beep. Patow, patip. You know, and it's. Right. So again, when I. And now, what, what else do we do? So if you think about the fundamentals of handgun marksmanship, everything else we do is we're mitigating disruptive energy. Sure. 100%. We are recoil. Recoil is disruptive energy. It pulls you off the target. Now you start taking other other platforms that are out there and you start looking at the science between reciprocating mass versus non-reciprocating mass, reciprocating mass weight, reciprocating mass weight in balance 
of the you know where the weights uh, balance throughout the reciprocating mass. You take a let's say a Glock 19, you got 70 something percent of the total way the gun moves. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who has to be the non-reciprocating mass? We do. Right. Um, and that's why if you look at people who do performance uh, stuff on Glocks, well, they do they lighten slides. Right. You know, they lighten slides. They do all this other stuff. They make grips heavier, or they weight down the. Grip. They put a exactly. big fat big fat weight on the end yep. of the grip. Yep. It's. Uh, that, I think, is that key element that maybe is overthought sometimes, but it's also a situation that it's easy to say and it's hard to do at any level, whether you're a beginner. And that is, you know, effectively line up the sights and sure. pull the trigger in such a way that you don't disrupt the sights. That's hence, e- dot, hence dot popularity. Easy to say, pebble <laughs> in hand, all sure, of that, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But when you have a gun that works the way a 2011, especially a Staccato 2011 works, that piece is a little more attainable. Mm -hmm. And that's why somebody at any level of proficiency can see success. Mm -hmm. And that's fun. When you apply that fundamental basis to a new version of a shooting sport like the tactical games where you're going to be stressed physically before it's time to align the sights and effectively quietly pull the trigger and mm-hmm. not disrupt the sights. Now you need every advantage you can get when it comes to breaking that proper shot because the rest of it is completely out of the gun's scope of capability. You have to be physically fit to be competitive in these things. I've not been to one. I've only seen it on the internets. I've seen some of the stuff that you've shown from the yep. ones you've been to, so you know better than I. I'm getting ready to go to my first one, and of course, it's the national, so yeah. wow. But yeah, I mean, I think that's why your gun is so popular there. It's that's a true that's a true story. The uh, uh, back up to how we got involved with tactical games uh, real quick is so the tactical games we got involved with um, uh, Tim. Uh, Tim Burke was the originator, the the inventor of it. Special operations guy uh, made it uh, kind of like a selection, you know, process. Very physically fit, uh, demanding. Threw in curveballs in there to test mental capacities and stuff like that. Uh, Tim still uh, an active part from an advisory panel. Uh, Jared Halbert uh, purchased the business and now runs it. Jared's a you know multi-time uh, champion, regional champion. Yep. Uh, incredibly smart guy. Came from uh, the competitive shooting sports. Has owned a few business businesses along the way. And what's interesting is is that statement that you made about all these other physical things that go that are involved with this is when everything Jared says is he said when everything else is hard shooting is easy right because if I don't have to go back to the original statement if I don't have to manage disruptive energy if I don't have to increase grip I don't, I don't have to focus on all these things because it's easier to shoot then when I'm smoked I get up there and all I got to do is position myself remember a miss is 10 seconds right so that means I mean imagine in a wad yeah or anything you're doing in some maybe it's just an app something whatever it is 10 seconds is you know could be three reps sure. you know what I mean that's so you're talking about 10 seconds per miss right and you've got some of their battles uh, or some of their courses of fire that will have you know, 30 pistol shots. Right. And people walk off of a, of a course of fire. I mean, you're going to see this when you come to the national, you're going to see some incredibly physically fit people. Sure. And you're going to, and you're going to walk around cause we will, cause we're fitness guys. We're gonna be like, Oh, that's, yep. That's a podium right there. Po- podium right there. That's definitely podium, podium right there. And then all of a sudden you'll get to the end of the first stage and be like 27 mics. 
That and hurts. literally, yeah. yeah, and literally you'll see dude just ka-clunk, ka-clunk, ka-clunk. I mean, one of the things that Jared is very focused on making sure in the staff, Jake and uh, and Sarah, is you can't be in in too good a shape to not be able to shoot. You can't be too good of a shooter to not be able to be in shape. That's right. So they found that perfect balance of it because literally you cannot go in there and be I mean, they've got they've got pros. They got what's his name? Uh Hepner. Yeah, Jacob Hepner, you know, a multi-time CrossFit Games athlete yeah. shows up at the Arizona event and and wins his division. Right. So. Yeah, and that's and but that that's I think that's been a 6-month process for him to get there cuz he's been shooting and yeah. he's been working with guy well, he's been working with Julie Gallup. I know yeah. that. There's yeah. been some video on her range working with her, so yeah. I mean yeah, it's an interesting yeah. piece. I mean, if you can shoot, though, I think he's got a bit of a background prior. So he yeah, definitely has the fitness piece in place. But uh, it's going to be interesting for me, and it'll be fun for me because it's a new shooting sport that I'm going to go learn about so that I can tell the audience about and help the audience understand and, you know, at the same time, hopefully have a good time. So, Well, you're a CrossFitter, so you, you well, understand. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, at 40, you're 47 fun- years old in my garage, yeah, CrossFitting. Well, again, you're I a fu- well, you're a functional fitness athlete. Yes, I agree. So from a functional fitness athlete perspective, that's one of the great things about when I go to these events and we set up tables and we let people shoot these guns. Uh, and I'm, and what's, what's great about the CrossFit athlete uh, or that functional fitness athlete is they understand technique yeah. and how technique equates to efficiency of movement and efficiency of movement equates to less energy spent. And sure. so when you talk to them about disruptive energy and you talk about uh, energy that's going to pull me off to, and what technique I can use and what equipment, I mean, again, it's all about if I can have a piece of equipment that makes the execution of the pure fundamentals easier, right? Th- it becomes a no brainer. Right. Like, well, Hey, I want that, you know? And, and I, and on the flip side of that, the gun's got to perform because you're still on the clock. So yeah, you can have the most accurate gun in the world. And remember, these people are jumping over stuff, piling, dropping, you know, right. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're covered in dirt. I mean, you look at that uh, that thing with Ashley Horner, that last match that they did, I think it was in North Carolina. You know, Ashley's standing there with two of the other uh, athletes, and they're just co- like they just got done doing a Tough Mudder. Yeah. And their gear's all gobbered up with crap. Well, that's part of it. Gun's got to work, and it's yep. it's got to work. Uh, and it's got to perform. So it's it's got to be durable and dependable. Speaking of guns got to work, durable and dependable, Staccato has a partnership that's now ongoing with a company that's near and dear to my heart, and that's mm. Hoppies, the number yeah. one and only name for me, at least, in gun care for over 100 years. Every Staccato comes with Hoppies gun care products. Is that a Absolutely. Fair yep. Everyone yeah, ships correct. with a with a sample of Hoppies black. And you've done a series of how to clean your Staccatos uh, <laughs> with our friends at Hoppies. Yeah. Absolutely. It's... So we spent about a year. Um, we wanted to reach out to somebody that's been doing it for a minute. Right. Uh, Hoppies have been doing it for over 100 years. That's right. So uh, not to take anything away from other lubrications, this is just a, the ideal lubrication for us. Um, we preferred the Hoppies Black. Uh, one of the things, you know, m- m- people in the interwebs may look at, especially it's especially evident in Texas, is when you first take Hoppies Black as that particular lubrication, it's a very, very uh, uh, low viscosity. Right. So it's a thin, it's yes. a thin lubrication. Well, go back old school guys in hot weather, like, well, that oil right there ain't going to work. It's too thin. You That's know, right. and then you explain that it's alcohol is the delivery agent. It, re- it delivers the, the lubricating chemical into the nooks and crannies of the part. Oh, yeah, by the way, alcohol dissipates. Now you're left with lubrication. Right. Reapply after your gun is, you know, crappy, poopy shot up. Reapply and the alcohol breaks down existing carbon. And continues to allow the gun to cycle. I, 
I've got, I mean, I'm coming from a couple of demos. I'm coming from an event in Dallas, you know, coming back from Kentucky. Uh, the guns in the guns in my demo kit right now were at the Memorial 3-Gun. Wow. They were at three other events since then. Right. And they're literally, you pull back the slide on those guns, and it feels like it's on ball bearings. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a completely transparent person on that, and I, I love the the folks at Hoppies and and the folks with Vista that we've been working with. It just works. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, I you know me. I hate to clean guns. Yeah, I can literally Same. take my intent entire. 100%. Yeah, hundred. I could take my entire demo kit, mm-hmm. and I sh- I tell people that says, listen, you take the silver. By the time you get to the last part in your pistol, you just go back and wipe it off. I can. I it's one rag. Yep. You know, Mike Pannone did a, a eleven. Thousand round endurance test uh, with a staccato P. That's awesome. Eight thousand rounds of that was Wolf. Yeah, steel case dirty, ammo, steel case junk. And yeah. the gun came back, and I remember looking at Sean, Sean Armstrong, and he's like, "Man, this thing is gross." Like he pulled back the slide, he's like brownie. It literally looked like like muscle milk, like uh, the dark chocolate muscle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, "One rag, bro." And he goes, "No way." I said, "Yep." You'll wipe everything off with one rag. You take a boar snake. I take the the brass portions of the boar snake. I run that on the feed ram. I run the boar snake through there. I reoil it. And I mean, that's and literally that's, that's all you have to do. And that's to me in an in an age where there's especially you're building a bunch of guns for law enforcement guys and operational people. Um, you start getting this incredibly complex. Uh, remember the uh, the Tupperware the Tupperware philosophy applied to you know go back. A quick injection is, but go back to when they first started fielding rifles across most patrols. You had a lot of guys that were having rifle problems because they had the same maintenance tech main schedule that with their Glock, right? And they didn't realize that wow, I got to actually oil this rifle, I got to clean this rifle, you know, I got to keep it lubricated, I gave it ready, you know, magazines, these other things. Well, they're fantastic plastic, you know, they put bullets in there, stick it in their holster, and every six months they pull it out, they shoot some bullets. You know, things have changed now, obviously, but so you have to make sure you have an easy to negotiate maintenance schedule that's effective yeah. and. And uh, we've been extremely happy uh, with them, and, and it's evident. I mean, our guns run, 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 run. Uh, if we get a call from a customer that's talking about my gun's not doing this, the first words out of our mouth is like, when's the last time you lubricated the gun? Right. Now, remember, we do our own coating in-house now. You know, we've got three right. different DLC machines or two different DLC machines, so our guns were already slick, even bone dry. However... Mm-hmm. They'll tell you a lot from sound. If you're racking the slide on a staccato and it sounds like a Prius car door shutting, it needs oil. Right. Um, so we, we actually talk about sound and other things. Like it's American Steel, buddy. Well, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. The uh, the other thing that is constantly stressed, and I don't, you know, I, I'm ready to move on from Hoppies and the partnership that's beneficial there, but Hoppies is also supporting all of the shooting sports that you see on Shooting USA, like yeah. quite literally, just as Staccato is doing a lot of supporting of the shooting sports. In the case of tactical games, that's a big one for y'all. Yeah, absolutely. The tactical games is big for us. Uh, we've also, um, you know, we've got a we've got a large presence in the law enforcement community. Um, as far as like demos and events that we partnership with, last Wednesday I was down with all the senior senior leadership from the Air Force Security Forces at one of their conferences. They got to shoot guns uh, and spend some time with some amazing amazing American heroes. So one of the things we've also done with with Vista, with Hoppies, and with Blackhawk 
is we've done um, law enforcement events. Now we're doing regional law enforcement right. events. We're inviting in leadership from those local events, and we're the handgun. We're the handgun they selected to be there, so we're the only handgun at these events. Right. And we're doing cleaning classes. We're doing armors courses. They're they're getting to shoot these guns. And you brought in the leadership who may not have ever considered a staccato, and all of a sudden they come in and they're like, "Wait a minute, I'm starting to hear a lot of this buzzword." And then you know you got guys, for example, that are getting issued insert manufacturer and the individual officers once they find out our guns cleared hot yep. they're buying our guns now they're not buying these guns at 775 cents a gun because you know we again we're we're only 125 employees you know so you're not buying a gun for right. uh, for that amount of money you're uh, you're buying a gun and there's a discount but it's I mean, you're not talking about a huge discount, so they're spending a significant amount of monies on it. And so as we move into that, we keep doing stuff with law enforcement, doing these regional events with uh, Hoppies and Bushnell, and then the tactical games. And we're still part of things, uh, again, along the lines of Built for Heroes. We're, we're a huge supporter of uh, the Memorial 3-Gun. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't been, and I encourage people, if you haven't, it, just to go to the Memorial 3-Gun and be a spectator is an incredibly moving uh, yeah. A moving few days when uh, a quick background. I know you this, but for the the, the viewers and listeners, it's a uh, it's a multi day match that a hundred percent of the proceeds go back to the families of fallen operational guys and servicemen and women, and uh, they dedicate each of the ten stages to a specific person. Mm -hmm. So you actually meet the families. Wow! And they come around to each one of the stages and they'll shoot that this is my dad's stage. Wow! I mean, you want to talk about freaking. I mean, dude, you're like, man, these allergies. What's, what's this, is yeah. that? You guys got pollen, you know? I mean, you're literally so. And then, then in the evening, um, at the evening when the event ends, uh, they do an award ceremony, and each family member from that stage gets up and talks about their loved one, wow. uh, their loss, and uh, and I mean, literally this year, I got up to present uh, present uh, our we we donated three pistols to the event, and I got up to the percent. I was like, I. I couldn't even talk. I mean, Heather's standing next to me. She starts crying. I look to her for backup. I'm like, she's crying. I'm like, yeah. I look, and, and all the family members are right here in front of us. And the only thing I got out of my mouth before I lost it was like, I am so insignificant in your presence. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And then I was like, and I, I just, I had the certificate off and I'm like, we, uh, we donated a gun that they did a raffle for. And, uh, uh, the raffle went out to, uh, we sent it out to all of our customers. Our customers uh, donated, uh, the Staccato family donated to it. Also, other members uh, of the community donated to it. And it was over 50K. Wow. I mean, total for that. I mean, just and being able to watch each one of these family members, you know, come through there and they're getting a check for fifteen or twenty thousand or ten or fifteen thousand dollars, and it's not the money. I mean, they're literally back there and they've got friends, people they serve with are there, and there's an entire room, dude. They have the bagpipes walk through there, man. Brutal. I mean, brutal. I was like, I literally looked at the crowd before as I was walking up there, and I turned to one of the guys and I said, "You brought the bagpipes." I'm <laughs> Done. I can't do nothing with the bagpipes, but it's but events like that. That's what we want to be a part of. Um, uh, we did Sugar Cookie, which was an uh, an event to honor Navy SEALs. We just did the Texas uh, law enforcement multi gun event at Reveille Peak. So that's that's really where our path has gone. Um, uh, you know, to to quote the guy who owns our company, he said this flat out, and I don't think there's anything that better describes us. In a board meeting, we're talking about brand and things are flipping back and forth, and people are bap 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 bap. He says, "Okay, listen." Listen, let me be quite clear on what our mission statement is. 
we put the world's best shooting handguns in the hands of people that defend themselves, mm -hmm. their family, their community, and this country. Does anybody here not understand what our mission statement is? Wow. And I'm literally on the court because it's, it's me and one other military guy in the room, and I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but literally, when you have a civilian yeah. that owns your company that makes that statement, you are empowered to do greatness. Yeah, for sure. Like, literally, hey, man, don't be afraid to fail, but if you're going to fail, fail fast. Yep. Like, literally, that's the thing. We're moving forward, man. Hey, you ain't got to hit every target, but hit most of them. You that's, know, uh, It's incredibly, incredibly satisfying. What a great way to end it. Yeah, man. Thanks again for coming through. Always a pleasure. Always good to see you, my brother. More from the Shooting USA podcast next time. But for this time, I'm John, that's Tony, and we're out. Good job.